This episode of Painting Pictures was recorded on September 30th, 2015. Oh, shit, I just hit something. It was either like a leaf or a bunny. <laughs> I hope it was a leaf. Hello, my dear friends. Welcome to another episode of Painting Pictures. I'm Gabriel Roberts, and I'm coming to you from the inside of my car, Susie Subaru, in the parking lot of the Carmichael Library. This is my makeshift recording studio this morning. I'm so glad to be back and uh, recording a podcast. It's been a long time. Thank you for waiting patiently and not pestering me with uh, emails about when I'm going to put out another podcast. That's the beautiful thing about this podcast. Um, I've made claims before about a schedule, but I don't think any of you ever really believed those claims or put much stock in them. And so I can freely not make podcasts for as long as I want to. Nothing's riding on it. You know, no one's going to freak out. And uh, I appreciate that very much. I appreciate your calm, you know, your unattachment. Maybe there'll be another Painting Pictures podcast. Maybe there won't. I'm grateful for the podcasts that we did share together. I'm not attached to an outcome of there being more podcasts. It's fall, officially, and I am wearing a sweater. <laughs> Boy, does it feel good to wear a sweater. Especially when your sweater is pretty freaking cool. I'm not going to lie. It's a pretty cool sweater. I got it at a thrift store. It's white. And I haven't found any terrible stains on it, which is incredible. Just incredible. I want to take a moment. Maybe you can take this moment with me <clears throat> to appreciate a white garment that doesn't have horrible stains on it somewhere. And I'm looking and I'm probably going to find one. But for now, let's just pretend that this is a stain-free white garment. And let's enjoy that. Let's enjoy that, people, because that's something that's worth appreciating. It's something that's fleeting. We know it won't last. We know that at some point I will spill hot sauce or salad dressing uh... Or even a cigarette butt will fall on this sweet white sweater. And then that'll kind of be the end of that. Um, I have a, a pile of clothing at home that I am intending to try to oxy-clean slash dry-clean, you know, get the stains out of. Because um, I'm tired of, of saying, oh, I haven't worn this in a while, I've, I'll try this, and then I put it on, and there's like a big... It's usually right in my stomach for some reason. I guess that's where the food falls. And there's a big stain, big grease stain. Uh, it's so disappointing. And then what do you do with that garment? You put it... You say, oh, I'm going to try to get that stain out. Well, you, so what you do is you have to make a pile of clothes that have stains that you're going to try to get out, and then you have to spend a day trying to get those stains out. I've, I've accomplished step one of that, which is put them in a pile. Uh, step two has not yet taken place, but I hope that it will. I'm going to share some personal news with y'all. For for those of you that, that are completely unfamiliar with, with this, um, welcome to the podcast. My name is Gabriel. I'm an artist. I'm from California. And I am back in California after a wonderful 
year-ish. Well, let's see. About two years on and off in Paonia, Colorado. Awesome little town in Colorado that I love. And I'm recently returned to Sacramento County, California. So there's that. I'm back in California for the fall on and off. And um, I am out of Paonia. I moved out of Paonia. And that was something I I talked about on this podcast that I was going to do. And I did it. I did it. I got everything in my car. Amazingly. Incredibly. Everything fit. Uh, it was one of those, one of those, just one of those beautiful moments of packing. Those triumphant moments where you put everything in and you you look at it sitting outside of your car and you think it's not going to fit. And then about halfway through the packing, you think, it just might fit. It just might fit. And then you get all the way to to the end and you you have room for everything and everything fits. And not only does everything fit, uh, you are left with the beautiful little... Um, layer of emptiness at the top of the load whereby you can look out your rearview mirror, which when it comes to safety on the road, this is vitally important, being able to look out your rearview mirror. Um, So I'm really grateful for that. I'm grateful for this car and its size, and I'm grateful for uh, my friend who transported boxes a week ahead of time serendipitously. Mm, Conveniently. I don't know if it was serendipity. It was convenient. He happened to be taking a trip to California, and so he took boxes. And and if I had sent one less box with him, I would have been screwed, completely screwed. But I sent exactly the right number of boxes with him. Um, I'm guessing that they just fit in the van that he was driving. That's my guess. And now I'm all back in Sacramento, and I'm working on organizing my earthly possessions. I've gotten rid of some things. I'm going to build a bike shed to store bicycles so that the shed where the bikes are can store boxes. More boxes. We need room for more boxes. That's one of my endeavors back in Sacramento is to create more storage space. Is that exciting or what? I mean, is that thrilling or what? Creating more storage space, optimizing space. Uh, boy, that I just don't think it gets much more thrilling than that. And it will be really fun to build a shed um, with a little roof on it, a little roof on it. And then I'm last night I was lying in bed thinking about painting it and how fun that's going to be, picking out colors and like doing some trim paint. And oh, it's just going to be the most adorable little shed you've ever seen. And it's going to be sort of tall and and shallow. Um, basically it's just going to fit like five or six bicycles hanging up in it. And that's it. That's all it's going to do. It's going to be for bikes. Uh, I was thinking how great it is that I have a family home that I can keep all of my shit at. And what, what would I do if I was one of those people that literally like roams essentially homeless uh, or is forced to always have a permanent home of their own. Oof. I mean, talk about a burden. Like, every time you want to move somewhere, you have to move all of your things, too, and find somewhere new and find a job to pay the rent at your new place and move all of your stuff there. Much better to have a family home where you can keep, like, the majority of your stuff, especially... If you're an artiste like myself and you have paintings, I don't know what the heck I would do with my paintings. I guess I would rent a storage unit or something. Anyway, um, boy, grateful I'm on good relations with my family and I'm allowed to store my shit at the house and continue to live this sort of freewheeling with Bob Dylan lifestyle. Some more significant news um, is that I'm engaged to be married. Uh, I haven't talked a whole lot about relationships on this podcast, but, uh, and I've generally kept personal things to myself, but I, I'm, I'm incredibly excited and I want you all to know that I am engaged to be married to the most beautiful person in the world 
as far as I'm concerned. A wonderful woman who is wise and funny and who just jives with me. Man, we got it going on. We got it going on. I I feel oh god. I'm just I'm over I'm over the moon about it and I don't know how much more to say on that um besides that I uh it it's it's the most significant thing that's ever happened to me and it's a big shift it's basically going from from solo to shared and it's something that I always knew that I wanted and then briefly I got turned off to the entire concept of marriage because I saw some marriages happening that seemed I don't know not not the way I would want to do it they seemed sort of limiting like two people coming together kind of out of out of fear and that the looking to marriage as uh as a way to um, like oh we're married now so now we're adults and now we're in the next step along in life and so the marriage was like a a, way, a tool to achieve something mm. I don't want to shit. I, I mean, I don't want to shit on other marriages. I don't really under. I don't know them. Who am I to say what they are? Uh, and I'm, I know I'm sure that they're always in the best interest, ultimately, of both parties. Like it ultimately leads to growth, but maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. I guess that's the thing. Uh, is that <laughs> is that they sometimes seem to represent the end of growth. <laughs> Of like, okay, well, I guess we've done enough. Uh, let's just get married and call ourselves adults and put a stamp on and seal on this whole, you know, personal growth thing. Um, and now, now no, there's no question anymore of like, are we doing the right thing uh, in our lives? It's like, oh, well, we're married. <laughs> so there, see, oh, we're married. And everyone just applauds and says, oh, you got married Oh, good job, boy. You guys did it. You did it. Game over, you know. Game over. Good job. I don't know. I feel I feel funny to be shitting on marriage and then saying that my marriage is somehow better. But it is. <laughs> it's incredible. And of course, I'm not married yet. I've got about a year where we get to do a little dance towards getting married. But it's incredibly exciting. I'm I, I'm ready for it. The, the the reason I'm ready for it, dear friends, is because I've found somebody with whom I can really be myself. And I really don't have anything that I'm hiding from this person. There's no part of me that I, I don't feel free to express around this person. Um, there's no... Uh, and and that's because there's no part of me that this person doesn't recognize and 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 fully embrace and love, and and that doesn't mean that uh, I'm not encouraged to grow or change. It's quite the contrary, because this person is is very driven and uh, capable and sort of looking to to dominate the world in a sense. Like we want to do everything, go everywhere, be everything. Travel, make money, make babies, like do it all. And uh, we don't want to have any limitations. And so it's it's incredibly motive. I've never been as motivated as I am right now. You know, when you're doing it just for yourself, um, there's, uh, you know, you can just be like, well, I don't, fuck, I don't care. <laughs> What do I care? <laughs> I'll just, you know, whatever. But when you got somebody, somebody else there that's um, that is kind of chasing their dreams, it, it really, it really puts the pressure on you <laughs> in a good way. So there's a lot of 
Oh boy, I'm 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 really I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to to enter into this whole marriage thing and kind of do it my and our own way. To have a big wedding, have a big party to celebrate it. Um it's really anyway, so that's my that's my big news, folks. That's pretty Don't get much bigger than that. Um My other big news is that I'm now a medium. That's right. I'm a men's medium. After years of being a small, I am proud to announce that I am now a medium. So if you are planning to send me a gift, uh, particularly a shirt or a sweater, the size, the, the, the correct size is now medium. And um, I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited about that. It's about time. I, and I like thinking of myself as a medium guy. You know, I'm not a small guy. I'm a medium guy. Uh, my other news is that I'm, I'm trying to remineralize my teeth. I have, I think, two cavities and a chipped tooth. And I got checked out at the dentist. I knew I had a cavity. Um, a really good way to find out if you have cavities is to eat chocolate chips straight out of the bag and chew them in different parts of your mouth. I know usually I use chocolate chips to make chocolate chip cookies, but this is their, you know, an alternate and, and very um, useful uh, use of chocolate chips is to find your cavities. You will feel uh, direct shooting pain in your teeth uh, if you have cavities and you're eating chocolate chips straight out of the bag. So I, I found some cavities and my attitude, this was when I was in Colorado and, and, and things were kind of hectic the past, last like month, month and a half that I was there. I was involved in a lot of things, involved in wrapping up my life and making a painting and doing some work and organizing this community mic too which, by the way, was a smashing success. We had over 60 people fill the um, Shadow Works Theater upstairs at the Blue Sage. We had, um, God, we had, I think we had 21 readers, performers, and the majority of those 60 people stayed. The event started at 8 p.m. The majority of them stayed until after 11 p.m. when the final act, uh, Topher Dalrymple, um, brought down the house and whoo, that was something else. So thank you to everybody that participated in that and that came out to see it and check it out. Um, and also a big fuck you to everybody that, that drank booze and didn't throw down. I ended up about $75 in the hole on my little alcohol purchase because I tried to be a good boy and go through the blue sage, uh, and use their liquor license. But apparent, but the problem was that to, to, to do, to legally do it, I couldn't, we couldn't sell the alcohol per se. We could offer the alcohol by donation and have suggested donations. So that just never works. A suggested donation allows way too much wiggle room. And what's funny is all these people there, all these people I'm saying, fuck you to, I love you, and I'm so glad that you came. And I really don't think that you were, um, you know, it didn't seem like that big of a deal. I get that. I get that. It didn't seem like that big of a deal. Like, oh, I'm just going to have a beer. I guess. But also, I, I think I just should have explained it more in the in the lead up. Like, but I didn't want it to have any sort of Debbie Downer energy. My my idea was to just be like totally positive and expansive about the whole thing, and thought that that the result would be we would just have plenty of donations to cover the costs and and to to chip in a little bit for the space rental. So I didn't want to get up there in the beginning and be like, you must. Do not drink liquor without putting a donation. I just didn't want to start the event that way. And so the result was I was about $75 in the hole. Because you assholes, you freeloading motherfuckers, 
drank some beer without throwing down. What do you think? And, and you just, it's that beautiful theory that, that the costs will be defrayed, that the externalities will be, uh, you know, no one will know. No one will know it was you. And I don't know who, I, I don't, I don't know who you are. But wherever you are, man, you can send donations to, you can make up for this by sending a donation via PayPal to me. You can go to Gabe Roberts Art com and click on the support page and there you'll find a big yellow button for PayPal and you can send me some uh, you can renumerate for your alcohol purchase on the night of August 28th or shall I say your alcohol steal you no good motherfuckers <laughs> uh, you can also send a check to no more P.O. Box, folks. No more P.O. Box and Peony. I really liked having a P.O. Box. But I'm going to go ahead and, and put this on the audio. The mailing address, and this is going to be the um, you know the mailing address through next spring. Um, so through the rest of 2015 and well into 2016. And this is really, this is a permanent address. So if you've got an address book and you want to write in it in ink with a permanent marker... You can go ahead and do that. Okay? The address is 3720 Kimberly Way. K-I-M. This is, I'm spelling Kimberly. Do I need to spell Kimberly? Probably not. But I'm going to go ahead and do it. K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y. 3720 Kimberly Way. And the city is Carmichael. That's like two words. First word, car. Second word, Michael. And that's in California. Big capital C, big capital A. The zip code is 95608. Send your mail that way, and I will get back to you. I always do. I really enjoy the post. And like I said, I have some really nice stickers. So if you want some stickers, send a piece of mail to that address. There was a big train of thought. Oh, back to the two, three mineralization. So, needless to say, I was rather busy in the the last stretch of my time at Paonia, and because I was busy and because I was working for some of that, uh, and you know, active all day long, busy, not just like lounging around. I decided basically that I could abuse my body to a certain extent. I was still focused on getting sleep, but I was like, well, I'm working, so I'm going to smoke cigarettes, I'm going to drink coffee, and I'm going to eat lots of sugar. Um, I guess these are like coping mechanisms for stress, you could say, but it's more like I enjoy the, I enjoy all of those things, and I felt justified in doing them because I felt like I was being ultra-productive. So I... Uh, I knew that I had these cavities and that the smoking and the sugar consumption and the uh, coffee drinking were not helping the cavities in my mouth. In fact, I knew that they were making them worse. But I decided that I would simply go to the dentist when I got back to Sacramento and I would get those cavities filled. And so let's make them a little deeper, I guess, was my thinking. Um, I guess I, I didn't go quite that far in the train of thought. I was just like, I'm going to deal with that later. Like there are a lot of things that I just heaved over into the Sacramento pile. <laughs> um, deal with that. Like I scoop it with a shovel and chuck it out of Paonia into Sacramento so that I could focus on other things. Well, I did get to the dentist a couple weeks ago back here in Sacramento and I got poked and prodded, and uh, he found the cavity, and he said, you know, we need to go ahead and fill this. And um, he said, do you want to do that today? And I was like, well, let's just check. Um, I was under the impression that my insurance is covering this. Can you just, will my insurance cover this before you start, you know, a multi-hundred dollar operation? It's not an operation. It's not surgery, but it's filling. Um, can you just check that my insurance covers it. Huh. Oh, what do you know? My insurance doesn't. Huh. Uh, nor does it cover the poking around that he charged me $60 for. 
So I paid the $60. Felt terrible about it because I'd called on the phone, asked if my Medi-Cal or Medicaid or whatever was, was uh, if they accepted it at the office. And they said, yes, we do. Well, it turns out I didn't have the right kind of Medi-Cal. You see, you see, in the world of insurance, there are lots of little folds and creases. And you really, you got to get a flashlight and you got to get up in there and you got to you got to you got to iron those creases out and when you go into an office of medical treatment or dental treatment you have to look the person in the eye and drill them specifically this is my insurance this is what i'm getting done is it covered check again is it covered why don't you get on the phone and call them right now and make sure it's covered because otherwise, they're very happy to leave it in this sort of vague realm of, oh, yeah, we accept insurance. And then uh, two months later, two weeks later, you get that bill in the mail. Or in this case, leaving the office, you get your credit card, debit card. I'm not using a credit card these days. I'm using a debit card charged for $60. <sighs> I went back in. I said, I really, I just don't feel good about this, what just happened. If I'm going to be coming back for more treatment, if I'm going to get my insurance changed to the one that you accept, I'd really like this this $60 refunded. Well, and the dentist did call me back later, and I, I he said that he would be happy to refund it if I get my, uh, if I get my health coverage changed to the DentiCal that they accept. And come back for treatment for these fillings, he'd be happy to refund the money. Well, it turns out I can't get it changed to that because I need to have a medical, a dental condition. Um, I maybe I still, you know, could go further on that. But what I decided was I don't want to get cavities filled. I don't want to. I don't want to get fillings. What is? The, what are fillings? I don't even know what they are. They're gross. How long do they last? I probably not that long. 25 years seems like a really good lifespan for a filling. And in that time, it's just something sitting in your tooth preventing it from healing itself, which it turns out, people, is possible. Your teeth, like your bones, can regenerate. It's called tooth remineralization. And it's entirely possible. And I believe it. I'm trying to believe it so hard that my little molar back there, my little molar can grow back. And just heal that cavity right up. So that's what I'm working on. I'm trying to eat less sugar. Um, I'm going to order some krill and fermented butter oil today in capsules. That's apparently very good for 2-3 mineralization. <sighs> Cut back on sugar. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. It might not happen. I might just go get these things filled. But I'm going to give it a go. Um, just a couple other notes, and then I've got a, a, an audio clip to pay, play for you. Um, guys, leaves, okay? Leaves aren't so bad. Leaves falling on the ground. I know for a lot of you that have yards, the sight of a fallen leaf can be a little scary. It can look like, like clutter. Or a mess. And you might get these little alarm bells going off in your head that say, pick up that leaf, rake up that leaf, and get it out of here. Rake that leaf up, put it in the green waste, and then spray some Clorox. Spray some Clorox where that dirty leaf fell on the ground. Get it nice and sterile. You see a lot of that around here in Sacramento. Leaves are falling. Uh, green waste buckets full of leaves are out Every week, full of leaves and, and yard clippings. Now, I'm all for the green waste in that it, it, it takes things out of the uh, landfill and puts them in a dedicated composting site. Supposedly, allegedly, this is a city pickup. Uh, hopefully, there's some massive composting operation going on, right? Because otherwise, what's so bad about leaves and green matter being in with your waste that goes to the landfill? 
seems to me that might be rather helpful for Mother Nature in its effort to break down these massive piles of trash. A little bit of roughage in there. Uh, So hopefully these are going to actual composting operations, and then that compost is what? Being sold back to people? I don't know, being used in city... I doubt it. I really doubt there are any city operations going on that involve compost. That would be that would be something like, you know, scheduling in with road work and then putting in some new trees and re-landscaping and then, you know, every fall uh, lay in a nice layer of compost over everything. I would be shocked, shocked if that were in there anywhere. I don't know where these what's happening in these big compost facilities. It's probably where they dispose of dead bodies. It's probably just something to cook dead bodies that people are trying. They're disappearing. Uh, sorry, that's a little morbid. <clears throat> but, um, dear homeowner, leaves, leaves are not the enemy. Leaves are actually exactly what your ground wants. It wants those leaves to fall on it and insulate it. It helps retain moisture, a nice layer of leaves. It turns into beautiful, nutritious soil. And it improves the uh, it increases the biomass and the fertility of your land. Now think about that. You bought this land. You own this land. Don't you want it to grow and be fertile and moist? Let your leaves fall. Make your own little compost pile. If you don't want them on your lawn, rake them off your lawn. Um... It's like people freak out when they see some leaves. Make it clean. Bring in the blowers. Yeah. Let's listen to that all morning. Every morning of the week. Some nice leaf blowers. And then uh, you look at the ground and you, you see it barren of leaves. Just dirt. And it looks sad. It looks real sad. And that's because it is. And that's because it is. And you, you look at it, it's, it's rock hard and barren and shiny. And when the rain finally does come, what is it going to do? It is going to run straight the fuck off of that shiny hard ground and flow right down to your nearest drain pipe. Whereas if you've got a nice layer of soil, that water gets a chance to seep in a little bit and it's retained. <sighs> simple, simple, simple. But um, boy... So far, so far from the understanding of some homeowners. <laughs> Another thing that ain't so bad is grass. Grass ain't so bad. We've had a drought around here in California, and some people are letting their lawns go, which is great. They're not watering their lawns because it's silly to water a huge lawn when there's a drought. I get it. I think that's great. Stop watering your grass. That's great. But some people have gone so far that they decided they need to rip the grass out. That there's something wrong with having dead grass and that instead they need to bulldoze it and scrape it off and just leave dirt. Because I guess dirt is cleaner than grass. <sighs> grass is not so bad. Dead grass is not so bad. Um, again, it's biomass. I don't know. It's just a little... It's just like a rant. Like, it really pisses me off that people are doing this and just scraping the earth bare. And that we're encouraged to have this system whereby... There's a something called waste, a waste bucket for organic material. And we're encouraged to, to take it out like every week. Take another load of, of biomass out of our yards to the street. It's just sad. It makes our yards shittier every week. They're losing a few pounds of biomass. Just going out the front door. Biomass, you take it away. Your yard can't do anything to stop it. All right, I'm going to play for you this audio clip that I recorded on my drive back from Colorado. I recorded this around near about Scipio, uh, Nevada, I think. Maybe Utah. Maybe it was Utah. Scipio, I think it's Utah. Western Utah. Um, here it is.
I just got wooed at where I stopped to stretch my legs in between Salina and Scipio, Utah. And I got to watch the sunset on the clouds and these bursts of rain lit up dark pink by the setting sun. And a truck came roaring by with three bros in it. One of them wearing a cowboy hat, leaning out the, the, the passenger window. I think there were like three of them in the cab. It looked pretty cramped, but the driver or somebody in the cab honked the horn to get my attention. I turned and he immediately started screaming, Yee-haw! And I raised my right fist in the air in acknowledgement of my brother and the shared love that we have for Utah and freedom. And they went on their merry way. And it made me realize that if you're standing alone outside of your car, um... You know, make sure you can get back in your car really quickly and that you know where the keys are. I recommend leaving the keys in the car. Just in one place where you always put the keys. I use my center console right above the stick shift and it works great. Um, Also, that you really only need to be concerned about trucks. And in particular, older trucks. Well, newer trucks too. Uh... But like a Toyota Venza, a red Toyota Venza, for instance, you can safely stay far away from your car without any need for concern. It's the trucks. (laughs) Basically just the trucks. Uh, And also if they're not in cars and they're walking towards you in a band of zombies and their hands are dangling in front of them and they're swaying side to side and they all have dead faces that's that is cause for concern trucks and that Uh, you know just make sure you can get back to your car real quick and get in and start that thing you know make sure you got a good battery in your car because roadside assistance will be too late and also overmatched I mean even if even if the roadside assistant, which is usually a tow truck driver... Actually, tow truck drivers are pretty badass, if you think about it. So if there was a tow truck driver stationed, you know, less than a minute away... And you've got this gaggle of three to five, six, seven zombies... Stumbling down this, the, the uh, side of the highway towards you... Um, dragging their limbs their feet a little bit, uh, randomly biting into each other and eating the zombie flesh, feed, you know, feeding on themselves, um, and you get in your car and you try to start the car and your battery's dead, so you go to your glove box and you get the, your card and you, uh, call the insurance company for roadside assistance, and you enter your account number, your card number, and the zombies are now, like, halfway to you. You get through to somebody, you tell them where you are, they dispatch the tow truck driver. The tow truck driver is right there. You know, uh, if he was smart, uh, he would just drive his truck up past you, next to you and have you jump in and then just drive away. If he was, like, zombie bloodthirsty, he might just roar past you and smash into the zombies with his huge truck. And I bet he'd get most of them. And then he'd get out and, um... What would he... pull out a knife, I think. Probably. I bet he'd pull out a knife. And, you know, a couple of the zombies on the ground, like, rolling around in pain from getting hit by the car. Dead faces still. Just, uh, 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 oh! 
shit, I just hit something. Speaking of hitting zombies in your car, it was either like a leaf or a bunny. <laughs> I hope it was a leaf. I had the pleasure of house-sitting last week. Um, boy, do I like house-sitting at a nice house. If you've ever house-sitted before, you might understand the feeling of sort of getting away with a crime. Like, that the people you're house-sitting for somehow have this idea that you are doing them a favor and that they should pay you to house-sit for them. And um, when the truth is, in some circumstances, if you don't have a lot of pets to take care of or duties at the house sitting, you're simply occupying a big, beautiful house. It's sort of the other way around, where uh, you could really be paying them for this experience. But, of course, you don't want to let on when they're asking you to house sit. So you sort of, like, make, like, it's a big effort on your part, like, well, like, Yes, I could. You don't have to check my schedule. I, I think I could do that. And then um, you, and then when they're sort of like telling you about the couple things they want you to do, you, you sort of keep on that air of like, okay, like I can do that. Yes, I can do that. Like seriously, you're sort of nodding along like, yes, this is, I'm, this is a big favor I'm doing for you. <laughs> I can do that for you. Yes. And you don't really, it's like you want them to leave before you let on that, like, you're basically getting away with a crime here. Um, I hope that I have a house, an awesome house that I can let my young, you know, relatives house sit for. And I'll, I'll, I'll pretend it's the same thing. I'll pretend that they're doing me a favor and I will give them this beautiful experience of feeling like they're getting away with murder. It's really great. Anyway, one of the one of the treats of this house sitting was a subscription to the local newspaper, the Sacramento Bee. Now, I'm not a huge news guy, but there's something really pleasant about a cup of coffee in the morning and a newspaper. And it's sort of mindless um, entertainment, mindless, quiet, pleasant morning entertainment. You know, you have the feel, the paper, little pictures, the sports section. Um, and, you know, it's little bits of interest, little things that are interesting. And so I, I want to, I want to talk about a couple of things I found interesting. This was Monday, September 21st, 2015. It was the day after the 67th Emmy Awards, which are the awards for television. And there's this picture of Viola Davis presenting Peter Dinklage with the award for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Drama. Okay, that's right. There's an Emmy for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Drama. And Peter Dinklage won it for Game of Thrones. Um, The HBO show set the record for the most Emmy wins in a year with 12. Wow, so apparently HBO's Game of Thrones is the best show on television. Um, The headline for the article is that show, uh, Show Bows to Thrones comma, diversity. I'm going to read you just the beginning, uh, a couple paragraphs here. Long-standing barriers fell at Sunday's Emmy Awards as Viola Davis became the first non-white actress to claim top drama acting honors. John Hamm finally won for Mad Men. And Game of Thrones overcame anti-fantasy resistance to claim the top drama award. Wow. Three things to rejoice about here, people. If you're feeling glum about the news, about how the entire Middle East is turning into complete chaos, um, here are three things that we can feel really good about. Here is progress. Here is obvious signs of progress. Now, I don't mean to belittle the first one, which is Viola Davis becoming the first non-white actress to claim top drama acting hours, I believe that is significant. And congratulations to Viola Davis, a fine actor. 
The other two, I have a little bit of a hard time um, feeling excited about. And that is that John Hamm finally won for Mad Men. It's like, oh, please, can somebody please give John Hamm the award for Mad Men? We all love Mad Men. And he's been being, um, you know, he's successfully portrayed Don Draper for years. And he hasn't gotten an Emmy for it. What's going, what's wrong here? Why hasn't John Hamm gotten an Emmy? We all love John Hamm and we just want him to have an Emmy. And that'll just make us feel so much better. Right? Oh, and he finally gets the... Oh, guys, John Hamm finally gave John Hamm the Emmy. Ugh. I mean, it's about time. Like, what the fuck do we care about John Hamm? I don't give a shit about John Hamm. John Hamm is doing just fine, everybody. And it's not like he's been slighted. Maybe he hasn't won an Emmy because he doesn't do anything as this actor. He just plays the same sort of drab, sort of sophisticated prick um, for years. And maybe it's not that hard to do. Maybe it's really not that impressive a piece of acting. He basically just looks serious and wears these kind of hip 60s suits. But no, John Hamm finally won an Emmy. Thank God. Boy, that was really weighing on me, wasn't it? Can't we all breathe a little easier now that John Hamm finally won an Emmy for Mad Men? Boy, it's a lot, you know, but it's good. You know, it shows that it's just a matter of time. And, and you know, thing, these causes that are important to us, they people come around. You know, and in the end, the good guys win. In the end, the people that deserve recognition they finally get it and uh we can all feel really good about that i guess and now finally my favorite my favorite of this is the game of thrones overcame anti-fantasy resistance to claim the top top drama award now we all know that in the world of television there is some serious anti-fantasy resistance some would call it discrimination Some would go so far as to call it discrimination. I don't think that's going too far. I think that there's clearly some discrimination going on here against fantasy. And it's this idea that fantasy is just for dorks. Okay? And we've been fighting against that. And Game of Thrones has been fighting against that for us. Game of Thrones is, is, is taking up the cause of fantasy. And taking it into the mainstream, taking it out of the shadows, taking it out of little boys' closets with their cloaking robes of elven kind and their their books of of, of spells uh, and dungeons and dragons, and taking it out into the mainstream. It's making fantasy cool, is what it is. And boy, they you know they worked hard for that. They've worked hard for that, and every step of the way, they've had to deal with this unfounded, backwards, anti-fantasy resistance. You know, and it's about time that people recognize fantasy as, as something, you know, it's, it's a viable genre, okay? And there can be good quality television and movies made in this line. Um, is it just me or has Game of Thrones been making shitloads and shitloads of money for what six, seven years now, is Game of Thrones really a, a cause that we, that we need to feel sorry for? Have, have they encountered any obstacles whatsoever? Do you really think there are people like, oh, I don't watch that fantasy shit? No, those people are like, yeah, look at all the sex scenes. Every it's it's great. It's an HBO show. Every week we get these awesome fucking sex scenes with these sexy like middle, um, uh, sexy middle ages. Uh, broads with their push-up bras. It's fucking awesome. And then there's these fucking bloody... People get their heads cut off every week. It's fucking awesome. I love this show. No one's like, oh, what's that gay fantasy shit? (laughs) No. They're like, yeah, I watch that every week because there is... Somehow they find a way to put in a gratuitous, uh, really, really provocative near-pornographic sex scene. And I like that. And I watch that. Okay, Game of Thrones, <laughs> like John Hamm, 
Game of Thrones is doing just fine. I don't know. I, I don't know whose idea. Whose idea is this? That these Emmys to make this storyline about about barriers falling. Give me a fucking break. What barriers are falling here? Are any barriers falling? Are poor people? You know, is it getting easier for poor people to to survive in this economy? In this society? No. Is it getting easier for immigrants or minorities? No. It's not. But, um, boy, if we just focus on the Emmys um, and pretend that any of this matters at all, we sure can find some good, uh, some nice stories here to feel good about. Thanks for listening, friends. Again, that episode was recorded on September 30th, 2015. It's now November 30th, 2015, and I've just gotten my little website all cleaned out. Uh, Immediately after recording that podcast, I was to go into the library uh, intending to post it online only to discover that my website had been hacked by spammers. I know, it sounds like something out of a movie. But it happened in real life. It happened to me. Uh, I, don't know how it, I don't know how it happened. I think I was lazy. My WordPress was out of date. Hopelessly out of date. Anyway, it's been a long road back. Um... And finally, I think I'm back, and I have a new password, and I'm not telling, (laughs) okay? Not telling anybody. (laughs) I was about to drop a hint, and then I realized that, you know, I'll just keep that one to myself. No need to uh, give any hints. Well, it has to do with with Thanksgiving. That's all I'm going to say. Anyhow, I hope to be posting some new episodes soon, give you guys a further update about my life. But for now, I'm just going to say adios, amigos. Until next time. Oh, uh, go go check out the new website. The website is GabeRobertsArt.com. Um, the email address is still GabeRobertsArt at gmail.com. Uh, the website's just slightly different, but basically the, the homepage is no longer going to be a static homepage. It's going to be a, a page like a blog, just like, a just like your, your regular blog. Everything new that happens gets posted on the homepage. Why not? Why do I don't need a static homepage. I don't need to pretend that I'm some company. Uh... Boy, I'm getting pretty excited about recording my next podcast. All right, friends. Thanks very much for listening. Until next time. Bye.